Hello, and welcome to Megabyte Studios. Today we have Rick Williams here with us. Um, I'm Jesse Corey with my partner Dan Armand from One Time Run. We're talking about Rick's upcoming show that he has at Spotlight. This is in June for Juneteenth. It's the third, second or third year we've already celebrated. Yeah. Rick's got a body of work. He's never shown it to anybody before. He showed up today for a meeting, and we said, let's turn on the camera. He said no. <laughs> it's a new space for me. This is my first time doing a solo show. And I was coming to talk to my brothers about what I need to do, but we can talk to the streets too. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I think that's, you know, part of why we built the studio is so we could have conversations like this yeah. amongst ourselves, but also share it with everybody. Like, you know, you were like telling us that this, this uh, deck that you put together, the yeah. concept or ide ideation is something that's private. Yeah. Well, not private. It's just, under wraps. Yeah, I haven't shared it. I'm been, it's a work in progress. That's what it really is. So I how do you say. feel about walking us through it today? Um, I'm confident in it now. I'm very clear on my idea. That's why I came down here to the east side of Detroit. All right. Well, walk us through <laughs> this. Uh, tell us about the show, uh, what you have planned for it, kind of what your concept is. I mean, you do call me you know, uh, randomly about once a week or twice a week and you just be like, that. you do the full... <sighs> digest of it and i'm just i'm so pumped to hear about it and to see it come to life and yeah, i think too. this is the third or fourth iteration of this deck that i've seen so yeah. walk us through the show well the show is called hip-hop raised me um i decided to call it hip-hop raised me because when i took the time and i was looking back at my life i was like the consistent the consistency came from the music and the culture so i moved i moved to michigan when i was like uh, 14, I think, and like right when I was going into high school. So I went to high school in uh, Clarkston, Michigan, which was, if you know, the area out here is all white. So that was like a defining moment of my life. You know, it was when I learned, you know, I felt like I was in the wilderness in a lot of ways. You know, I looked around and no one looked like me. It was just, you know, the music was something that kept me grounded. And I, I my wife and I talk about this all the time. One of the things I mentioned to her was like the music, these these artists felt like older brothers in a lot of ways. It helped me learn about sometimes knowledge of self, sometimes just about our, our heritage of things that, you know, a lot of things have been taken from my, my community. So it's like this was like they were like griots. They were they were storytellers that you could listen to over and over again and learn about yourself and your community. So that became something very important to me. So I started gravitating towards, like I started, I think my dad had an X-Clan CD at the house. And then I, I was listening to that and I really got into like KRS-One and a Tribe, Tribe was a big thing for me. Outcast was a very big group for me, all the way back to Southern Playlistic, Cadillac, Funky Music before they really had their acclaim. You know, I was already following those guys when I was young. I went to this concert in, in Detroit. My older cousin was like a security guard at, at uh, Summerfest, which is like the festival grounds in, in Milwaukee. And he got us in, and somehow we got backstage, like, no, I met, I saw Outkast, and me and my homies back then ran out. They were, like, leaving. They had performed, and they were leaving, and we chased their bus. I mean, they're, they're like, it was like a one of those vans, like the white vans. 
and stopped their bus and they gave us their backstage passes. Like the real, my cousin got us back there and we were only like 12 or 13. So it was crazy when I, I would not let my children do what I was doing. Not as just a moment. I just I don't think I would let them be down at the concert by it's themselves. Funny how that like works that. Now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but either way, so they gave us their passes, and that meant the world to me. Cause I was a young kid. Hip hop meant a lot. Like I had my own mixer. I was trying to be a DJ when I was young. I just wanted to do anything. I tried to break dance. As you you guys know, I, I dance. So the um I had this mixer called it was like a Gemini Scratch Master mixer. I just found it at my mom's house the other day. But that like brought back all these memories. And then I, I found this picture of my bedroom that I took. Because as you guys know as well, I'm a photographer. So I had took this photo of my bedroom. And then when I found it, like all these years later, I saw all of these things that I still had around and were still important in my life. Like all the shoes, everybody knows I designed footwear. I have Wallabies in there. There were, you know, Adidas in there. There were uh, New Balance in there. Like, all lined up how you see it now. And then you see this this boombox. And this boombox was like, I got this boombox. It was like my thing at, at home. So I took it with me everywhere. And I also used to teach tap. So I would take it to me to the stu- with me to the studios and use my own boombox to teach tap. So this is a... So with the show, Tap, I'm bringing up Tap. So the show is called Hip Hop Raise Me. I'm gonna talk about, you'll see artifacts like that in the show. You'll, uh, there'll be references to some of my favorite artists. And there'll be, I'm gonna, I pay homage to Detroit in a print collection that I did with uh, Moab Paper. And it's, it's my black and white imagery with the, with the, with the camo you know, behind it. So the, the, the camouflage that I've used on every mural since you guys helped me start painting murals um, has gone through so many different iterations. And it got to this point where it is now and it's what it represents now is like the sun. So it's like a, it's a horizon. We call it the horizon camo. And this is going to be on each one of the canvases. It's what's behind the photos. And this is like one of the main themes of the show, the horizon camo. So it, it's represents, it represents the sun. And it was inspired by my morning tap sessions. When I would meditate and pray in the morning, I would go to my office at like 5 in the morning before the sun was up. And then the sun would always come up and get this crazy light in my um, office, in my studio. So then that kind of inspired the, the, the colors that I used for my... Um, you know, for my camo. So now we have the Horizon camo, and this is going to be the first kind of official use of that. And I don't plan on really taking it. Like, this is, it was used on the building on one, one time run. I, um, that was actually the first time I ever painted the camo when, after it came to me. So now it's, it's featured on three buildings, and hopefully by the end of the summer, we'll be able to, like, realistically six or hopefully ten. So... That's I'm starting to tell my story in the streets, and now I'll be able to tell my story where it all started, and being you know doing it at 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 one time run or at spotlight means a lot to me because I was just telling Dan it's like as far as me as an artist, 
this has kind of been my incubator. It's kind of been my proving grounds, my learning place where I get the knowledge, where I'm able to have access to different artists and learn from them. So it's always important to me, I have this thing where I talk about practicing gratitude. You do that with your actions, not by just saying thank you. And it's my goal to show people by how I live, how to really be. You know, you guys have done a lot for me and I appreciate that. So when I, and I put a lot into this project. So it was like I needed to go somewhere where they actually cared about me and they understand how meticulous I am. Totally. Like we've had a long journey together. So this is the perfect place. So that is, so every little thing has a reason and a purpose. Another one of my favorite things that I'm excited to explore with this is my new moniker, which is Metal Feet. You know, I figured I'm, it's very it's inspired by MF Doom. Obviously, I listen to a lot of Metal Fingers mm -hmm. when I tap. And I listen to, you know, a lot of that and I listen to a lot of Dilla. He was inspired by Dilla as well. You know what I'm saying? Dilla came from the soil that we're, you know, on. And I just feel like that is a great way for me to kind of package up my creative and what's in, what has inspired what I do with, with you know, with, with that portion of my art, which is, which is the dance, which is percussion and improvisational percussion. So we're going to celebrate that with my, um, our character, which is Metal Feet. And Metal Feet, we have a whole, like, I'm doing the, um, the, the character development with my cousin, David Williams. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, um, a comic book artist. He's been drawing comic books. And I mean, real comic, like, he did the Prince comic book. And he works for DC. He's drawn Batman and the Hulk and all these people a zillion times. Like, I collected his comic books. So I'm like, if I'm going to do like a um, graphic novel version of myself, I got to go to my cousin who first did this and showed me this and was in many ways an inspiration for my journey. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he said yes, and he's going to be doing that. So that's what I'm waiting on now. So we're going to celebrate Metal Feet by having the cover of, the, of what the comic book would look like in three of the pages. The pages will uh, kind of cover the main portions of the Metal Feet story, which is the meditation processes, which is how he gets his powers and he connects to, the, to that greater source of power. And then his design background, because his day job, you know how Clark Kent is a, he's a, what is he, a journalist? Yeah, reporter. And Metal Feet, his day job, he's a, he's a product designer. He's a footwear designer. And his favorite foot, piece of footwear is the silhouette, which is a wallaby, which is another nod to the era that we're celebrating here, which is hip-hop. You know, we, we, we like that shoe because Wu-Tang made that shoe fresh. Nas made that shoe fresh. Biggie made that shoe fresh. So we're going to celebrate that shoe in this show as well and release a few pairs of those. So I feel like my, my show is different in a lot of ways compared to a lot of the artists that come from here, and I love so many of the artists from here. I'm a fan. I have their work. But what I bring to the table is a, is a different view. You know, I came from, I, I founded Burn Rubber. I started, I'd made those sneaker collaborations. It was a vision that started in my head and then it, it, it came out. So that's going to be reflected in my work.
That's why we're releasing shoes as art because that was my first art. My pattern was developed on Illustrator. My style represents that, where it came from. You know what I mean? And it's evolved to this. This is something that's taken years. I don't even know. I think, yeah. oh, I know when it started. I think I started painting it in 2015 when the mural festival started. That was when I started painting the camo. You know, I think I created in 2010, but I started painting it in the public in 15, which a lot of us got our start in that mural festival. You know, and I think that that's, that's a defining moment that is leading me here to where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just changing, changing the context sometimes once you're an artist. Yeah. Turn my mic up here. Once you're an artist and, well, if you're a creative, that doesn't necessarily mean that you think you're an artist. Yeah. And what we, you know, we met many years ago, you are one of the most creative people that we know. And I was like, man, it's like lightning strikes every time Rick comes around because he's got all these great ideas. But now when you contextualize or you visualize yourself as an artist or yeah. as an artist, like you're, you're not a graphic designer. No. Um, you can graphic design. You know, um, this show really represents an entire art direction yes. of your own art career. Yeah. And that's very meta if you think about it because most people would just say, I'm going to have an art show. I make the art that I make. Yeah. But you're, the last year's show that we did, when you did the album covers, mm -hmm. that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg. It was me figuring it out. Figuring it out. And yep. we did uh, a handful of prints and uh, we did a, a talk here and you did a couple of dance um, performances with the tap and, and DJ Dez. And then when you came, we, you said, yo, I'm, I'm doing Juneteenth every year. Yeah. And I was like, okay, bet. And so then this process started many months ago. You can't start this in no. a month. No. And, uh, and so I want to kind of walk people through this uh, deck. I've shown a couple of the slides here. I'm going to go back to the beginning. But, yeah, Metal Feet is so cool when you brought that idea to me. It's like every time you come up with one of these new slides, of the new, new, which is a new idea, you're able to – you call me and you go, hey, man, this is – I'm really feeling this. And that's the creative process. Yeah. And I think when you say you feel like this is the right place to do it with Dan and I and Rula and our team – I think what you're saying is that you feel safe here. Yeah, you're one of my, you guys are my sound, one, some of my sounding boards. You know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up here. So a lot of my friends came through relationships and, and it's people prove themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it was a space where it's like, you guys have always been so supportive. And, and it's not all roses. Like we've had our, our, like, it's real friendship when you can have disagreements and talk through things because that's who we really are. You know, it's not just all happy, but we support like real friends are supposed to. It's not like, you know, when we disagree on something, it's over and we never talk again. We've definitely disagreed. But at the end, I always let you guys know I love you because everything I do is in love. Like I move like that. It's just sometimes I'm abrasive, and I know that we know how we are. I think we, yeah, I think we could say the same for yep. us. You know, I mean, it's definitely a, a meta, <laughs> a meta moment in like the whole thing of us kind of yeah. starting together in a very close proximity to each other yes. with your business and our business, and the evolution of that. 
and like the camo from the shoes now evolving to the walls yep. and how we've evolved and i think you know i think the metal feet it encapsulates all of you yeah in one object that kind of brings it back to where you started with the footwear you yep. know what i mean but it brings in that i felt dance like that's how i felt i'm hyped the, that people are getting i that. get it man and because like it's visual art it's prints of photography it's performance art because you know we're, we're at spotlight and jesse's on the wheels of steel <laughs> And some of my best videos came from his selection. Well, look and look at the evolution of Spotlight of from <laughs> yeah. our yeah from our little gallery in Royal Oak yes. to this space that now is everything. A, I mean, a it's center, not, a hub for culture. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like I think that where we are with 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 it, it's like the timing is right. You know, we're at the place where it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So I just you know I feel grateful. I'm very excited to be doing it and i was just you know executing everything for sure for sure yeah yeah i mean you know we always love working together and i think working on something like this big that kind of just tells the story of who you are yeah in a much bigger way that brings it all together that helps yep. and, and it helps us tell our story kind of through you too yeah so I and mean, i feel like this is the first this is a way for me to like the most comprehensive way I've ever told my story. Mm -hmm. I've been interviewed a bunch of times, but this, I'm really sharing things. So, so like, we're trying to do an artist talk here. And I've talked to, you know, we should have a, a, a dope host for that artist talk. But I think that through things like that, we're I'm going to be able to really show people where I'm coming from with a lot of things. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the opportunity. I'm looking forward to June as a whole, all the way through August, because I have some other things as well, surprises. Mm -hmm. Like with, you know, where I want to bring some energy back here and people have opportunities to see the show for multiple reasons. You know, you'll come for the opening, you come for the Juneteenth party that we throw every year. You know, we might have some activations here where we're bringing the community together to learn some stuff. But while the show is up, I want to activate the space so people can really get a full idea of what what it really is and what, what we're all about. Not just me, but the distinct life, my, my family, and what we represent. Yeah, because art is, you know, Spotlight, it's not a traditional gallery. No. It's a gallery for all forms of expression, of yeah. creativity. That's why I love it. And that's why you can, you know, have a concert you can have a talk, you can have an exhibition, yeah. all forms of your creative expression yeah. um, have a home there. Cause it's not just like a four walled. Yeah. We can drop an album. My first vinyl with spotlight recording. What? what? <laughs> Is that the juice? Yeah. I'm excited about that one. Oh, yeah. for What's going to be the name of the album? Um, the album is actually the um, the album that the experiment, the Jeezy experiment. So Jeezy was, is a nickname given to me by some of my homies. And when I was putting that album together, I knew, I don't want to call it the Rick Williams experiment. You know, I was like, I'm hip hop raised me. I just said that. And no one uses their real name like that. So I was like, I didn't want to do that. And it was an experiment. So I was still figuring it out. You know, so I called it the experiment. I recorded every song, one take. Um, and then we had experiments with, with, uh, mixing it and I, I understand what my voice is on a record and how I fit in with the songs as a as a as a drummer 
you know, as a percussionist, as an instrument. So I like to refer, like, I like to tell people I'm not dancing, I'm giving a demonstration. You know, I'm showing you how you do this. You know, when a drummer drums, I'm doing the same thing. I'm playing my instrument, which is that that floor, you know. And um, I'm just feel, I feel very grateful to be able to share that body of work. Each one of the titles of the songs meant something to me. You know, I, I had a song called Surviving in Oceans, and that was named after a quote that my wife has on her arm. And that's who I think about when I dance to that. So, like, everything has a meaning. There was a... Uh, there was a um, there's a song with Fat Cat, Don't Nobody Care About Us. It's a remix of his classic song with Dilla. So, like, who gets that opportunity? So I feel very grateful to be able to put that experiment together. The song with Guilty Simpson, Guilt gave me that song and said, Rick, I just want you to record to this so I can hear what you sound like on it. And I recorded it, he liked it, and said I could put it on there. So it was like... These are artists that I look up to and grew up looking up to. For sure. So it was like to be able to, to do that with them and to celebrate them in my own way was another point of that gratitude. It's just I just feel grateful to be in this place at this moment right now. Man, what a blessing. What a blessing. So, you know, I wanted to I want to walk through this. I know we've kind of covered most of it, but, yeah. um, you know, your objective is, you know, your global influence on hip-hop culture has shaped you as a person. We get that. This is, you know, uh, you walking through your creative process. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just talk about, here's a picture of you uh, with your tap board in your studio. It looks like you got the boom box there. Yeah. Is that the boom box from that your childhood? It is the boom box. It's the same one. It's in the office, and it's like... At first, I wasn't, wasn't going to highlight that, mm -hmm. but then I started seeing it over and over again. I was like, oh, that's been there. We have to highlight that. I love the story about, you know, the childhood bedroom, the photo you took yeah. with the wallabies in it and the stereo and, you know, even the DJ mixer. You should totally yes. bring the DJ mixer out and we should show people because it's just trying to find, like... I want to be creative. I want to express myself. The whole time. How yeah. do I do this? Like, am I this person? Am I that person? Yeah. And, you know, here you are today. You're expressing exactly who you are as a creative person and all the elements of it. Yeah. So you finally, I feel like as a creative, have arrived to that um, point yeah. of expression where it's you're not one thing or the other. You're yeah. just Rick the creative. Yeah. Uh, what The teacher... KRS one said hip hop is something you live. It's, it's not something you do. I've been that since my cousin explained it to me. Absolutely. And that's what I knew when I was dancing. I knew I was dancing based off of a dance that was inspired by my culture, my culture being hip hop. And I knew that that's the culture. If we were going to talk about the culture, that's where the dance came from. The art came from the music came from. So it's like trying to, to amass as many of the elements as I could as possible was my goal. I think you finally broke through on the five elements of hip hop. Yeah. There's got to be a sixth, a seventh, or an eighth. I'm not a rapper. <laughs> not yet. Uh, so You're a tapper. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I got the cadence now. Uh, for sure. You know, I've been to so many of your events. Uh, they're really cool. I really loved the one event you did at the Foot Locker over there on Inspire the East Side. Day. Yeah. Inspire Day. Um, oh, it just felt like. I just felt so 
warm that day and you had such a great panel discussion and young people come out and and I think that you and yo and, and your family and what you do on social media you know with your inspire theme really I mean I really feel it you know I appreciate and that. uh and I think you feel it even more mm-hmm. like at these events yeah because yeah. it's like it's n- amplified 90 percent of the people are wearing inspired gear whether they got it as a, a gift or you know yeah. they they've had it from a past event and it's like inspire I, I just love the theme of it um so what what we're walking through here is some of the photos of of your um past exhibitions and i think this one photo on the right hand corner here is uh, of you guys at the uh, foot locker mm-hmm. uh, we did one uh, panel talk here at spotlight last year too yeah. and i think we have that recorded we'll try have to dig that up okay um yeah it was the same kind of concept and what we do is we try to the first one we had different topics and different things different throughout the day we like activated Foot Locker for the whole day so we like partnered with with um the guys from we were on 313 and did a, a run in the morning and then there was we did yoga when the store opened and everybody who came and did yoga got a free um distinct life yoga mat and then we just had our, some people telling their stories i had tony hooligan come and gave my platform for him to share his story because he's someone that's been a part of my story. He's been, he was like one of my young guys. So I wanted to give him that opportunity to amplify his voice. Then I had even people like Ty Mopkins come that day, Big Sean and, and, and Angela Yee. And all to tell the stories of our city, you know, stories of the people who inspire. So, you know, that was the goal of that day. And then when we did the one here, the goal was to, to introduce something like you said I was still searching and I was trying to find you know what is this because I've had all of this in me I was on the Apollo before I bought burn rubber with Whoopi Goldberg being the host so I've been you know this I've been tapping since I was 15 I just didn't really share it with people because I've you know if you get a chance to see me do it you were blessed because I'm really firm on this I'm not dancing for people you know, I'm ha- it's a, it's a, my, what I do is an act of defiance. It's opposite of what you think, you know, and, and that's just an important thing to me as well. So it all will come through. That's why I picked what I picked for the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited about that. Telling your story through the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, through social media, through tap. Oh yeah. We talked about it quite a few times, but you know, tap can be misconstrued sometimes. Yes. Um, as you know, like the court jester or somebody mm-hmm. that's performing vaudeville. for the v- vaudeville, right? Yeah, blackface. And and right, and you've taken the power yeah. of the tradition, mm-hmm. and you've contextualized yeah. it in something that's current, yeah. and then given it back to people in a positive way. Because it's the essence. You got to go back to where it started. The drums were taken from us when we were slaves. The drums were taken. That was a form of communication. It's a conversation. You've seen me and Dez. We've never rehearsed, have we, Jess? Never. Mm-mm. And you see, it's all like we rehearsed. And the rehearsals are always the best. Uh, I take yes. them, by the yeah. way. So my thing is, it's not about what it was developed into. Bill Robinson didn't want to be standing up there in fucking blackface. Right. Someone fucking racist made him do that. Yeah. So that's where you get shucking and jiving from. And that's not what I'm doing. No. And someone can come holler at me. You already know what it is. I keep that energy. So it's like 
that's why I say it's an act of defiance because even in hip hop, it's like I'm not going to be shucking and jiving for the man. I'm not going to be tap dancing for the blah, blah, blah. Well, we got a conversation to have because I've in hip hop, I studied this. So it's some shucking and jiving that happens in the music as well. But that's, it's, everything has to be kind of um, taking that what it is. All tap dancers aren't the same. You know what I'm saying? I come from a heritage of hoofers. And that's what I learned. It's about the rhythm. That's why I always say I'm a percussionist. Because I don't care about the show like that. You know, it's about that rhythm. And that's why I decided to use that gift as a, you know, take it to recordings and try to, you know, make that the content with it. We're going to have some videos as well, but it's when I started in the pandemic, I hadn't put on my shoes in so long. And then it was like that practice came back and then I, I found myself being more clear on a lot of stuff. So after that, I was like, I have to stay here again. So I'm back, the shoes are on every day, and it's been like that. So now it's like there's no one in Michigan, I'm sure. Come see me. I'll be at Spotlight because I'm trying to see who actually, if someone has the gift out here. But I already got guys coming from New York and Chicago that are my brothers in, in the shoe. Like they do the same thing I do, mm-hmm. and they'll be pulling up so that we can activate spotlight because Jess has already made me a home whenever I come I don't even have to bring a tap board anymore yeah just show up um mm-hmm. it's uh, a couple of times um you've you've um showed up and improv and and I feel like the the last time that you improv with um Des Andreas and his band yeah. was um where you, you were you know finding your your place yep. more than you know just you know, becoming the centerpiece of it, which was the first show. But yeah. the first show, you actually had organized it with Des. So the second yeah. show, you just kind of popped up. But I um, like just popping up more than you know what I'm saying. Let me just whatever stress, the, yeah. what the spirit says it makes it less of the show. Yes. Well, you yep. should have seen. I mean, last week, uh, and you can catch this live on our Twitch, uh, where we're live at Spotlight Detroit on Twitch uh, Wednesday through Saturday, but. Last week, Des had like seven people in his band, a guitar player, a bass player, two guitar players. I think I saw that. A uh, tall black like guy. Uh, he, I mean, it was like, wait a second, where did all these musicians oh, come from? He was playing keys, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know he's on the album, Zoe and mm-hmm. Tall Black Guy. Zoe is, so before, when me and, like before I started Burn Rubber, me and Ro met, we were in a band together. And Zoe was the keyboard player, and I played taps. Oh, wow. That's where it all started. It was called Soundpiece. My brother started the band with us. That's awesome. Well, Rick, thanks for sharing your story with us. We appreciate it. Um, I know we didn't really plan this. Um, I guess we can go have lunch now. (laughs) I guess. All right. All right. Thanks for watching.